Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Everybody, how you doing out there? It's time for another CFBDynasty.com podcast. I'm your host, Matt Knowles. Along with me, as always, two guys that have dug deep in the trenches to unearth that sweet, sweet fantasy football news goodness that you all so desire. The one and only Brian McElfresh and Mr. Doug Gravely. Brian, Doug, how you guys doing out there today? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm uh, doing all right, getting over uh, a couple weeks of this summer flu cold sickness that had me down for the count. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of finally starting to unearth myself. You know, you guys were unearthing the, the fantasy football news. I was unearthing the, uh, myself from not being a zombie anymore. But <laughs> glad to be back on the pod and glad to be uh, back talking college fantasy football. We are currently 51 days away from the CFB Dynasty Home League College Fantasy Draft. Doug, how does that make you feel knowing that the next time you get to fail is only 51 days away? You know, before I was excited, but now you put it like that, I'm just going to sit in the corner, I think. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. I can say this as a guy that did not come in second, so I would trade places with you. I'd rather be in second <laughs> than than where I was, I mean, I think I've got the fourth pick in the draft, man. I think my team was right there on the cusp. Could have made the playoffs in the last week, but ended up falling down to the bottom of a tiebreaker. So I was in doo-doo land over here. Hey, at so. least you didn't lose to a quarterback that posted negative points. That was pretty messed up. That's, that's <laughs> probably not happened very often in, in college fantasy. <laughs> BMAC, what about you? How you feeling about the, uh, the home league draft in 51 days from the, this recording? Really excited. That's also week zero games, so that's going to be a blast to watch that, of course, while we're drafting from, uh, I guess, the conference room over there at Searchalytics, again, I think is is the place. Um, but yeah, we're 56 days away from the actual week one Thursday night games, Florida at Utah. You know, if things played out a little differently this summer, I'd probably go to that game, but instead... Uh, uh, just been working on rankings like a mug, man. I, it's been a lot, obviously. So where we're at right now, we've got 396 quarterbacks, uh, 419 running backs, and receivers. 806. 806. Dang. So what BMAC um, is referring to, as you see at the bottom of this screen, major college fantasy football rankings update. If you've been with us this offseason, you've seen us go up to the CFBDynasty.com site, and uh, the offseason mini rankings have been up there, and they've been up there for free, I believe. Um, But now the the sheets, the tabs for this year upcoming are starting to get filled in, starting with the standard quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. These are the things that are all behind the paywall. So – if you want to be the one that wants to get the advantage, gets that leg up in your league, you want to go up to CFBDynasty.com, subscribe, so that way you are going to be the one that's going to have access to all that information uh, before the other jumpers in your league and uh, see if you can jump over top of them and get up to that, that first place. Yeah, and I'll share my screen so you can see where you can access this stuff. So when you log in and subscribe, um, and I, I need to update the website login 
function to where it'll land you on Draft Central because this is what most people will want to go to immediately. But it's just under Draft Prep, Draft Central. This is where we'll have kind of everything in one place that you need. So um, there are four links. These are the only ones that are live right now. But like like we said, this is the bulk of the work. This is, um, you know, 800 plus receivers, 400 plus running backs, almost 400 quarterbacks and 200 plus tight ends um, in there ranked. And um, you can click on those there when you're logged in to view it. Next up for us will be kicker rankings, defensive team rankings, and then the cheat sheet. We'll try and have all of that stuff up by the weekend, or at least the conclusion of the weekend. And then we'll move on to uh, keeper rankings and dynasty rankings. We can get into the definition of those real quick or in a minute, but also depth charts. So this is under draft prep depth charts. It's full and it's good. So you, it's a lot of info. So you kind of got to go um, and scroll over here a little bit, but you'll see all the teams have six receivers, three running backs deep, three quarterbacks, two tight ends, uh, kicker, and a defense. Um, so you're telling you're telling me 133 schools. You and Doug have gone in there and you have updated the the depth charts for all 133 schools. You know, I, I had to hop in the Discord and just ask somebody like remind me why we do this why are we going with a sixth wide receiver for buffalo like remind me who cares about this but it is because some people and, and fantrax allows you to customize your league some people are in like weird uh you know mountain west only leagues and stuff yeah. like that so um, you know, we scour the magazines and of course lean heavy on Phil Steele to kind of help because he talks with all of these coaches and is the most recent discussions and all that stuff. So we use that to help us along with our own research um, to put these depth charts together, which helps us know we're not missing anyone in the ranking. So it's just a way of it's just part of who I am, just being super thorough. Doug's the same way where we want to make sure we're not missing a soul. So, of course, if you see something weird or whatever, let us know. There are certainly probably a couple mistakes um, in there where maybe, you know, we listed somebody twice on accident because he's transferred four times. But um, <clears throat> probably not. I think I think it's probably pretty solid. And then a sample, if you're watching, you can see, you know, quarterback rankings here these will move like as news happens and all that stuff, these will change. And um, I've been asked to get uh, the green and red arrows and, and add in the notes column here to annotate when changes are happening, what's happening. So going forward right now, we've just for the most part listed like, okay, QB one, because as we're ranking wide receivers, you, we want it to be, you know, pretty much in order where it's wide receivers one through six per team and ranked. And of course some have eight because they're heavy pass attacks or whatever. But yeah, all of these rankings that you can see in here um, have been thoroughly gone through. Um, we've got some old data in there. So you can see 2022 fantasy points in total for the season. And then there are 2022 fantasy points per game. Um, but yeah, look forward to more notes and some arrows as changes happen um, 
basically from now going forward as as uh we get into the fall camps and you know injuries happen or depth chart changes happen all that good stuff so so just to be clear the depth charts is something that are basically say like an annual thing there's probably not going to be a whole lot of depth chart updating after this point where you're going to see the weekly the daily kind of updates things like that that's when you're going to go to the quarterback page running back page wide receiver page correct oh no 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 it'll feel undone to me i can't let that happen so i'll i'll update the depth chart or doug will and the rankings at the same time mm -hmm. there won't okay. be annotations on the depth chart because um, we don't have a notes column or whatever so in this scenario yeah you'll just get the annotation here in the notes column on the rankings same with the cheat sheets because it's so big you won't see arrows up arrows down there you can go to individual position rankings uh, for those notes all right so uh so let's talk about these rankings just a little bit off the top of your head um was there anybody it doesn't matter if it's quarterback running back wide receiver um we talked about these different depth charts um over the course of the spring was there anybody that jumped into the rankings or jumped up really high in the rankings off the top of your head that you're like, yeah, we had this guy previously at X position and he's jumped up a couple dozen or um, really moved up the rankings that somebody you didn't expect to uh, to find as high in the rankings. That could be somebody that was at 100 that's now at 50. Somebody's at 50 <laughs> right. now at 20. Uh, is there somebody that, that jumped up into the rankings that you weren't expecting to see that high up? Yeah, we can definitely go through and identify some one of them for me and as i watched more footage of him uh riley leonard from duke i, I just became increasingly more confident that duke is going to put up a lot of points and it's going to be because of riley leonard he's also a dual threat guy with a great arm um i think we don't have his wide receiver one ranked high enough um so that's one that would be a sleeper to me right now um but yeah and i know doug you love leonard too what do you think about him uh yeah i'm definitely a fan of leonard and yeah i'm gonna spill some beans here he's definitely on my my draft board for our upcoming draft which again i'm super excited about um and like you said b i, I think that just watching his game film he's super exciting and for the lack of big names there at Duke really he plays really well he doesn't have like those guys on the roster that you know are those big name guys that just stick out to you and he just seems to put it all together so it's it's interesting to see what he's going to do year in and year out and see how he moves up in our rankings as far as pro potential goes yeah and Drew Aller we moved him down it's it's not a reflection of how I feel about him as a player because I think he's going to be incredible but I think we just had him a little bit too high where whereas there are more uh stable uh players who have been there and done that like a Dylan Gabriel who's not super exciting and is not really a, a dual threat guy by any means um but he's going to be consistent and and we want to see Drew Aller. I think probably he'll be more eased into the role over the course of the year, which will have probably a, like a, a diminished fantasy points per game early on in the year. And then I think he'll pick up – you know, if, if you have the the path of, of success and you envision success for him, it's probably not weeks one through four. And then after that, he'll probably – once he's, you know, taken some live bullets or whatever um, – be able to kind of pick it up 
and he'll probably be someone you can rely on yeah. at the end of the year. So one for me that sticks out, you know, that has uh, moved up in in my mind um, is Taylor Green from Boise State. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I think he could potentially see himself way up in the rankings by the time this year is over. Mm-hmm. Let's and see. I know I know Matt likes these these guys from like Boise and state like that. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Like Boise, Fresno. I'm all about, I'm all about all that stuff out there. There's that's that stuff. I don't know if you remember this, Doug, cause you've only been in the league for a little bit, but, but Boise state and, and Fresno and all that stuff out in the mountain West, um, they kind of changed up the way that CBS would broadcast because uh, they would have all those games on CBS sports network and they started having to do split screens so they could be showing you the replay of the play that just happened without missing the start of the next play. So the mountain West basically was the Guinea pig for them doing split screens for replays without having, cause they were doing like 12 seconds from the time that the ball um, ball hit the ground to the time that it was being snapped on the next play. Um, so yeah, that's why I like that. That's why I like that game out there. I mean, I know that, uh, that BMAC's not happy now with all these changes in college football. Now that's going to be slowing down those offenses a little bit, but uh, you know, they, they always have to find ways to try and, give and take a little bit to get the offenses back under control. They don't need a hundred offensive plays in a game. Right. So did you guys, when you were doing the rankings, were there, it was there any consideration um, for teams, say uh, for instance, a UCF uh, that's going into a new conference this year. Um, did you potentially raise someone or drop someone based on their strength of schedule mm-hmm. because they went from a what would be considered a lesser conference or a conference with weaker defenses to a more impactful conference. So there was a lot of conversation about stuff like that and um, a lot of research that went into that because, like we've said in the past, even with something as simple as an offensive line change, um, you know, maybe some of these smaller schools are playing against a defensive line that's bigger. Um you know, and maybe a running back is not going to be ranked as high or certain things of that nature or a receiver that's now going to be playing against corners that are six foot two, 200 pounds. You know, you just I think you have to take that stuff into account when you're when you're planning these rankings. Um, and I mean, I can't think of one individual off the top of my head, but to answer the question broadly, yes, I mean, all that stuff comes into play when you're doing these rankings because they're going to be playing against bigger teams, bigger offensive lines, bigger defensive lines. You just, you've got to expect the change. A couple of swing guys or a few swing guys at the quarterback position while we're looking at quarterbacks um, that are hard to rank. Uh, Jackson Dart is one because it's going to be short leash with Spencer Sanders behind him, assuming he continues to lead and, and gets the first start. Um, but he's also got all the potential to be an NFL player in terms of how he plays, physical attributes, strong arm, all that good stuff. Um, so he's hard to kind of rank. And then Devin Leary, um, him transitioning to Kentucky, where he's going to hopefully have a better O-line. You know, Kentucky's O-line wasn't the best last year, and they lost some players. Um, but also added some, of course, along the line. But the receivers that he's got, holy cow, with Barry and Brown and, um, you know, the list goes on. The, the top three receiving or receivers for Kentucky can go up against a lot of uh, the top three receivers in the SEC. Um, and that also <clears throat> surprised some people this year. And then Tyler Van Dyke, 
new OC at, at Miami. Um, really disappointing year last year was great as a freshman. Um, so we'll see if he kind of gets a breath of fresh air and is able to, to pick up where things left off as a freshman. Um, and if he does, you know, he could be great last year. He only averaged under 14 fantasy points a game, but the offense was, was pitiful. Mm-hmm. So, so every year or so, you've got new schools that are coming into the uh, the FBS ranks. Uh, this year, there's 133 schools that are going to be playing FBS ball, which means that the player pool is a little bit a uh, little bit bigger. Uh, if you're someone that's in a a keeper league or someone that's in Devi, you probably aren't going to be as much worried about the 132 and 133 teams coming in. Um, if you're in seasonal or someone that's trying to go after the college fantasy championship, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State might have a guy here or there that might uh, might be a sleeper for your team. Did you guys find yourself how do you how did you approach teams like Sam Houston and Jacksonville State who are coming into the FBS ranks this year? One of the things is seniority that matters. So someone who's seasoned and you know. A veteran so if you think about someone like you know graham mertz who's going to take over at florida or luke altmeyer at illinois people know those names if they've been in you know fantasy football for a while college fantasy but keegan shoemaker for sam houston is rated above them um right around the the hank bachmeyer uh area so <clears throat> yeah those there's going to be some players from those schools especially at quarterback and receiver especially receiver that can um help you win some games yeah and if you look at the conferences this year i know that uh over time um it used to be that the Sun Belt was basically the bottom conference out of the group of five and i think that that's changed this year i feel like you're probably going to get a little more of that craziness out of conference usa this year because conference usa seems like the conference that's got probably going to have the weakest defenses in the country as a group. So you got schools that are out there. You're probably going to find some sleepers in conference USA, just based on the, uh, the level of competition that's there. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to the, the quarterbacks for a little bit uh, incoming freshman, red shirt freshman. Um, where do you have some of these guys ranked? Who are some of the ones you want to call out names that, Guys, either a may have not heard of, or people, or could be on the other end of it. People that have uh, their names have been out there in the uh, uh, in discussions a lot uh, that may get a chance to to become impactful in their first year. Uh, where do you have some of these freshman quarterbacks listed? So it was one of the first things I wanted to see when I opened up the Phil Steele, who he had as the starter for UCLA, and it's of course a battle. Nobody really, really knows. But he, he had Dante Moore listed as a starter. That's who we had listed as the starter as well. Um, so he's currently 49th. Um, and I think he's the highest rated because he's the highest probability to start week one as a freshman. Um, and then a lot of these other big names. Um, let's go like typically right after... Yeah, so you've got like a, a Devin Brown at Ohio State, currently kind of slotted as the the backup. Nico Iamaliava for Tennessee, um, one thirty eight, and um, 
some others right around there. Jackson Arnold, 146, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I don't see a lot of them starting and making a big impact on redraft. But obviously, if you're in Devi or a Dynasty League, um, those are going to be key guys for you to kind of look at. And you can download and sort these by class. Um, they might not all be 100% accurate because classes are a little ambiguous right now with the COVID year and red shirt years and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, that's it's always fun to look at some of the freshmen and kind of see where they slot. But and, and I think, too, if you're somebody that's out there listening and you're like, man, why are we even talking about a dude that's 49th on the list? Uh, in the league that we have, uh, we have pretty large rosters because we have limited in-season pickups. You got 12 teams, five quarterbacks per team. So, you know, if, if we took the top 60 guys that are out there, that's going to be our 60 positions. So we have to be thinking that far down the line. Yep. And yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, w- and with us, you're always planning for the future, too. So you may have two or three quarterbacks on your roster that, you know, those are going to be my guys this year. So you could be in a spot where you take a chance on one of these freshmen coming in and sit on him. Set one, nobody else gets the chance to get him. And two, he could be taking the spot of one of your guys that you know is a starter now next year. So, you know, that's the joys of of our league too, is you can take some risks on some of these young kids because you do have so many spots, you know, on your team because of our limited pickups. So, Doug, if we were doing our draft next week. Oh, boy. And you were like, crap, I've really got to go and and revamp my, my draft prep. What do you think right now, without naming any names, what do you think right now is the biggest area for you that you're like, I really need to go do X research? Yes, I know you've been researching the lists for the CFPDynasty.com site, but as far as your specific team, where do you feel like, man, I really haven't put enough effort into this as it pertains to my team right now what's the one area that you feel like you need the biggest uh, biggest improvement on so because we have you know the nfl ranks too uh, in our league we go from college to nfl um i would be really <laughs> uh ignorant to say that i should not look at running backs more um i think we have one or two guys in our league that are really 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 good at this and um, in order to stay competitive with these guys year in and year out, I've got to do the same research into the running backs that they do because, you know, every year it feels like we're like, oh, man, this guy's got this running back too. Oh, he's got this. And, and it's like I said, a lot of these guys have their roster set up to the point where they can sit on a guy for a year or two and then him take over. Um, so I think that gets very important. So I think doing the research on, okay, this kid – maybe not this year, but next year is going to be the guy. And I have to be okay with knowing that I'm going to have a guy on my team that might post 20 points this season, but next year he's going to be the guy. So I think running backs is where I would say that for me is probably my weakness on my team in general. So you're not, you're not talking about, you need to get college based running backs. You're looking at, you have to have the guys that are going to be able to, to to Debbie move themselves up into that, uh, into that, the pro side is where you, where you feel like your biggest weakness is. Right. So like, even if it's like, you know, in my opinion, like a Penn state situation, I feel like both those guys could potentially do something in the pros. So I have to be okay with one of them not playing much one week compared to the next. So you know, I think looking into the future for my NFL team is my biggest, uh, I guess, 
training aspect that I that I need to work on. So, BMAC, I'm going to angle this question a little differently for you. As someone that lives college fantasy football year-round, how frustrating is it for you to know you've got all this knowledge and then you look at your pro team and you're like, how is it that my pro team could be where it is right now after having a juggernaut like five years ago? You look at your pro team and it's struggling right now. How frustrating is it for you knowing you know all these, this information about these guys and you just can't seem to get your pro team back turned around right now? The answer is simple. It's, it's For me, it's when I've just been – I'm such a college football fan, so I lean – towards the college football side of my roster. So it's not getting rid of NFL assets and uh, holding on to them. It's really that simple. Like I've had a lot of people that played for my college team and won championships in the NFL and fantasy championships, just not on my team. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm going to try and not be a feeder and hold on to all my, all my assets. So that's, that's really what I'm working towards now. And I feel like I'm in a, good spot right now on my pro roster where I have some good young talent. Let's see. Um, you got a great receiving core on your pro team for sure. Yeah. With uh, Chase and Diggs, Metcalf and Diggs. Yeah. And then running back with Brees Hall and uh, Javante Williams. Hopefully I I've got all the injured the guys coming off of injuries, the young guys at least, but they're coming off of injuries. So as far as the youth on my team, I feel great about it. You know, Trevor Lawrence and Bryce Young, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll have Bowers next year at tight end to go with Hawkinson. But work to be done for sure. I want to build it up to where it's, it is a juggernaut. And to do that, make a little bit less trades on the I was going to say, BMAC always, always busts on me about the fact I used to trade a lot. Um, but I haven't done a lot of trades in recent years. And I think that, like you just said, part of the reason why I don't trade is because I just can't handle seeing somebody that I had that was a stud <laughs> going to win, win a ship for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've had many and, of those and, and that's, it's, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, even if you're like, hey, I got, you know, stud A for trading away stud B, you know, you never want to see uh, the guy in the ship get there because your guy's there. I can tell you right now um, – Isaiah Pacheco, I had him on my college roster and cut him at one of the drafts <laughs> because he just wasn't, he did, he was great Dang. for a couple of games and then completely fell off the roster, fell off the grid. And here you go. Next thing you know, you know, he has a great year in college and now he's uh, the starting running back for Kansas city. That, that, that frustrates me. That sucks, man. I'll, I'll share my screen as I know we're, we're getting back to running backs. We, we did have kind of, quite a shuffle uh in the beginning one of the th things that just feels wrong to me is having Travion there at number 10 um he is such a talent and i know he's got mine williams behind him and new quarterbacks and all that stuff but that that offense is going to be so good and Travion is so talented but that that was painful to me honestly putting him there at 10 but i do feel like that's probably the appropriate spot to draft him at, at around an RB 10 with, with Frank Gore and Kavarian, Kavorian Barnes ahead of him and LaDamian Webb, Rasheen Ali, smaller school guys, but guys that are going to produce. And uh, they've all had proven production at the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think, uh, you know, my opinion on that Ohio state running back room, 
Um, it's one of the few that, you know, Brian and I are, you know, kind of duking it out with each other every once in a while. Um, but you can't take it away from the kid's freshman season when he, when he's healthy and he shows what he can do. He's somebody that you will probably never take out of your lineup. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that I think running backs can shift very easily in the rankings because you just never know at any given moment if somebody's going to get hurt, some kid's going to come in and then the rest of the year they're splitting carries because this kid's producing six yards of carry or whatever. So running back can get very interesting as the season goes on for sure. Let me tell you one thing that really frustrated me looking at the running backs and something that I will have my eye on a lot in terms of fall notes is that Illinois backfield <laughs> really stressed me out when I opened up the Phil Steele because I was all in on Josh McCray and I opened up the Phil Steele and boom, Reggie Love the third listed as the starter there. And you know, they run the ball enough to where both guys are going to get touches. However, if you get the RB1, historically speaking, with a Brett Bielema offense, you're going to get loads of fantasy points. And um, we have McCray at 29, Love at 56. Expect some movement there, y'all, because we just really don't know what's going to happen. And I, I was reading the OC talking about how it's going to be a, a, a by-committee kind of thing. I just don't buy it. The data doesn't show it. Um, I, I really like whoever the RB1 is going to be there at Illinois. But, again, it's it's a big risk. How do you weigh stuff like that, Matt, when you're, when you're in the draft? And I, I know that would be kind of a fun metric to be able to have is uh, like a, a risk – risk factor there you're talking about how do i weigh whether or not somebody's in a in a yeah if they're, in a, if they're going committee? to the draft and they're in a battle but they're in a battle for a big position like like uh, if you think about what's going on at ohio state quarterback with kyle mccord and devin brown now devin brown if they're both available they're both worth a first round pick i feel like because well, I, I think one uh, of them's I, gonna fail I think that it all depends on what the position is and what the school is. I think that um, recently you're really playing with fire. If you're taking say the number two or number three guy that could be in a battle at say Penn state at running back, because there are some guys that have, that have jumped up and really done good at, at Penn state at running back, but other guys that have completely disappeared. Um, I know I picked up a freshman a couple of years ago who was one of five guys that they talked about we're going to get carries. He's not even at the school anymore. Um, if you go back quite a few years, and I believe it was you and me, BMAC, um, that when we went into our draft, we both, uh, we both took a quarterback that was in a battle at Texas Tech. And uh, nobody knew who that quarterback was going to be. Your guy faded into obscurity. My guy, Patrick Mahomes. So I think there are times when you have to say, you know, this guy, I have to take that chance because if it wasn't going to be Mahomes and Mahomes got beat out by somebody, that guy could be the star in the NFL right now that Mahomes is. Mm -hmm. So I think you really have to look at, at what the buzz is around a player. Is it, is it an upperclassman? Is it like a junior and a senior battling for it? Or is it a 
guy that's getting his first chance. I think a guy getting his first chance, a redshirt freshman or a sophomore that's having his first chance to, to, um, to show that he's the guy, I think a lot of times is going to have a more upside because if you're a junior or a senior, unless it's a transfer coming in, um, they may have already had that opportunity to, um, to become the guy and he, they just didn't get a chance to do it. Unless you're a Joe Burrow, um, I think it's tough to go for an upperclassman that's in a battle like that because yeah. if upperclassman doesn't win that battle, then, then they're done. Yeah. So I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier. You know, and for me, in my opinion, it, it really just depends on where your team is set up. If you're willing to take a chance on somebody or not, if if you're at the point where you where you think, hey, all I need is this one piece and whether it's a senior or whatever, and I really think I can make a run at the championship, then you're not going to take a chance on one of these guys that's in a battle. You're going to go out and get that senior who can probably push you over the edge to help you fight for that championship but if your team is set up in the sense of hey i pretty much know who my starters are going to be i know who i'm going to rely on i think you're more willing to take those those risks uh with potentially really high rewards because you have a solid core of a team in place in general so i think it's (laughs) it just depends where your team is yeah, that's a great point. And so some of the guys that kind of solidified themselves maybe moved up a little bit um, as we went into the research, looked at the data. Like Marquez Cooper, he's going to have a great year at Ball State. Jace McClellan, um, Bangura at Ohio, of course, um, Samson Evans. Uh, Ray Davis is one who we moved up quite a bit. Um, I don't quite remember where he was before, but I don't think he was in our top 25 or so. Maybe he was not even in our top 30, but um, he's at 20th right now. He averaged, you know, 15 a game last year, and now he should be playing against or playing with a better O-line at Kentucky. And then Pitt, Rodney Hammond was great um, when he came out of the gate, but uh, got hurt. So look forward to seeing him be the guy this year and then uh jarquez hunter is another one that i think uh will take off auburn has more transfers in than anyone else i think um i'm pretty sure of that i know colorado's had a lot but i think colorado's got the number one for sure colorado's transfers in are absolutely stupid like 50 guys um oh well i think that's full roster turnover i in terms of transfers in, we can look that up. But anyways, LaQuint Allen is one that is like, he's kind of still sitting there at 23rd, although he's been suspended for the year. He's suing the school to try and appeal. And uh, we'll see how that one plays out. So I'd expect some movement there um, at Syracuse as someone who is supposed to be a top 25 fantasy running back like uh, – <coughs> That one's going to be interesting. And then let me hear you talk about this, Doug. I'm going to transition over to you. So Jaquindon Jackson, former quarterback for Utah, now running back for Utah. And he's listed number one on the depth chart. And uh, he's someone we might have too low at 26. Um, how do you feel about uh, so him this year? I've I've talked to you a lot about him. You know, you know that. Um, and – you know, it is what it is. I'm 
in these podcasts usually give stuff away and, and that's fine. It's not a big deal. He's actually the number one running back on my draft board. Um, so uh, I think that <laughs> when he when he got his touches last year with all that nonsense from Tavion Thomas, he just – I think he was more explosive. He looked better. He seems to understand the game better. Um, so, yes, a little bit smarter. <laughs> um, and and the fact that he was a quarterback and this athletic and being willing to change, like I feel like he just knows how to, to read a defense, and I think that probably helps him a lot. But he is he's my – he's the number one – running back on my draft board to fill my running back need at the moment. So um, followed very closely by Barnes from UTSA, honestly. So, yeah, we've got, um, so three running or three backfields that are kind of confusing. We already talked about Illinois, uh, Florida's one where it's Montreal Johnson was the guy last year, but ETN, you know, seemingly clearly was the, the better player. And with a great offseason, yep. uh, it's not going to be surprising if he takes over there at Florida. And so we've got a, uh, him at 37, Montreal at 54. Well, Florida's going to be run heavy. And then Boise. Um, Halani's listed as the starter, but Genty's really good. Genty is so, so good. We've got I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Halani was 49. listed as the starter last year, and Genty had some games that uh, made <laughs> yeah. me a very happy Genty owner. <laughs> it was it's crazy because you know matt has genty i've got halani and you know <laughs> and we talk about this sometimes but like halani a 1300 yard running back last year who is potentially at risk of <laughs> maybe being a number two mm-hmm. um yeah. and he produced 1300 rushing yards last year like to me you know if i'm boise state in general I'm super happy with my where my running back room is. Oh, yeah. As a fantasy owner, I hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as a school in general, you could put in whatever guy you want and know that you're probably gonna <laughs> do just fine. Yeah. But you know, when it comes to Matt and I, it's it's one of those one of those things. And and Matt will probably agree. Like, hey, do I trust to start this guy this week because you don't know who's gonna get the touches that day. You just don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough because you you look at Boise and you don't really think about Boise like you used to think about Wisconsin. Wisconsin used to be able to have one of the top two guys at Wisconsin, and you knew every week they both were going to be getting over 100 yards. James White was barely ever the starter at Wisconsin, and he always is putting up stupid numbers there as the, as the number two. Um, at Boise, it's not normally – that case, you normally don't see a Halani and a, uh, a Genty or whatever it's been in the past where you've got two guys that are both putting up big numbers each week. Normally, one guy becomes that bell cow and, and the other guy has, is a little bit a little bit off as far as stats goes, which is what makes it tough because you're like, do I want the guy that's going to get 60 yards and a touchdown this week or do I want the other guy that's going to have 200 yards and three touchdowns? But um, Boise, that's, that's a good problem to have. It's a good mm-hmm. problem to have. Um, I would love to see Genty unseat Halani because uh, for obvious reasons, nothing against you, George Halani, but, uh, you know, as a, as a Genty owner, um, I'd love to see him, you know, become the next great Boise State running back. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is tough. It is tough because um, they're not, it's not normally a, a running back by committee where you're going to have 60 carries coming out of the backfield in a game. It's one guy is going to be the guy. So one thing that I'm uncomfortable with on running backs is our top Georgia running back is 
Kendall Milton, which is fine. I like Kendall Milton a lot. Um, but he's at 70th. I feel like them, their transition to a pocket passer, maybe they just go with a three- or four-headed monster at running back, and that's kind of how I feel now. But I, I do feel uncomfortable. Like someone, and Milton's uh, a bigger back. He can get a lot of those goal line touchdowns, but they've got multiple of those. So uh, that's one that, uh, uh, yeah, uncomfortable. All right, Matt, <laughs> let me um, let's send you into the mind of Gordy. Oh, oh no. our league here. All right, it's so wait, so hold on. So, so I'm in the mind of So Illinois players drafted early. Talk about Illinois players at the draft because everybody should know Illinois. All right, what you got? <laughs> so, you know, he had Tajay Spears, who was one of those guys that I had had on my draft board for years and then just didn't pull the trigger early enough. Gordy got him in the draft last year, I think. And... I think this is a Colorado transfer. I can't remember off the top of my head, but shady Clayton Johnson, freshman, um, looking to take over there at Tulane. Where do you think he is on Gordy's running back draft board yellow pad? <laughs> yellow <laughs> pad. You know, uh, I, I would think, I would think honestly, and, and no offense to Gordy, but then again, I want to rib you a little bit. I think he's probably higher on Gordy's draft board than he probably should be. Um, I think that uh, we all get trapped in that, you know, I had a guy that played for X school that did really good, so now I need to get the next guy at that school because he's going to perform equally as well. I think that that works at certain schools, like we just talked about, Wisconsin running backs, Boise running backs. Um Ohio State pretty much at any position. Um, but I think when you get to other schools, you can't always be thinking that the next guy is going to be just as good as the blue chipper that used to be there. Right. Um, I would be very careful. Um, I would research heavily before I would invest something high in a transfer coming in to a program like that. Just because Ty J Spears could be a once in a decade type player for that school specifically. Mm -hmm. um, All right. That was the last question for running back. So I'm going to throw the receivers up on the board here. So feel free to ask away if you have questions. This is one that uh, was near and dear to me because I go into our league draft with one wide receiver. It is Xavier worthy and I'm happy about that, but um, I need six <laughs> out of seven. <laughs> to draft here you, so, sound like, um, you sound like my draft from the last couple of years man <laughs> yeah from we yeah exactly my entire wide receiver exactly. room every i don't mean to year. toot my own horn but i need one just so you guys know <laughs> um so harrison at the top there's going to be no change there um corley has been consistently ranked for us in the top career floor. um and then decorian clark he moved up a lot because of the the transfer there out. Um, well, uh, just like just like Cephas moved up uh, a lot. Zakari Franklin, yeah. Went transferred <laughs> to Ole Miss and so to Corian Clark, yeah, moved up a lot. And then Adonze at four. Like just Ohio State. Somebody's like got the mic way too close. Probably me. Yep. Uh Ohio State, Washington, 
uh, Tennessee. They're going to have guys all up in the uh, wide receiver rankings. Georgia Southern, Western Kentucky, UTSA, just because of how much and how successfully they pass the ball. Um, but one that we have higher than I think everyone else is Matthew Golden at eight. Um, again, I just believe in that Houston offense and the coaching staff, and I think they will figure it out. And I think he's going to clearly be the guy that takes over from Tank Dell. Um, anyone you see in here in the top, whatever, 20 or so that you want to call out? Um, well, I would, I would say, like, I think that you're, you're bringing up a Houston wide receiver is a great continuation of the conversation we were just having. True. Um, you normally are not going to be in a bad situation if you've got the guys at Houston and Texas Tech even SMU that are going to be a starting quarterback or a starting wide receiver. Um, those schools are always going to be throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, so getting a guy in those offenses, you, whoever the next man up is going to be, if you hit on that next man up, you're going to be in good shape. Um, yeah. So. Malik neighbors was cleared. So he's, he's been steady there um, in our top 25 moved up Alex Adams for Akron. Um, if you don't know the name, you know, he averaged 15 and a half fantasy points as a game last year. Uh, Lejante Wester at FAU um, averaged just under 14 a game last year, but now he gets the addition since the last rankings update of, uh, I think it was Hudson Card that went there. They had a, a transfer that went in. That'll be a, a nice, stable piece at quarterback for FAU. Um, so FAU stock was, up for uh... him was Thompson, wasn't it? Casey Thompson? Uh, yeah, Casey Thompson. You're correct. You're correct. You know, I think uh, I think that this is where your depth charts are going to come in handy because you look at a school like Western Kentucky where last year there was like nine receivers of Western Kentucky that were getting uh, that were getting some catches during games. Um, just because you don't have Malachi Corley, Malachi Corley is not going to be the only one that's going to be producing stats with uh, yep. Austin Reed coming back there. So um, knowing who the two, three, four – are Western Kentucky, that four at Western Kentucky may be better than having the two at, at a, at a power five school because they're going to be throwing the ball, something crazy at Western Kentucky. And you know, every game is just going to be nonstop. You know, their schedule is going to be a lot more favorable than a sec school who's going to be playing sec defenses all the time. So you might want to give a little more credence to those. Those guys a little bit farther down the depth chart at a school like Western Kentucky, as long as Austin Reed is still there. So, Texas was one that was uh, difficult for me just because I really, really believe in that their their stat or their just their core is incredible with Xavier Worthy, who is um, you know all around excellent. You know if he fixes drops or whatever, like <clears throat> he's gonna be he's a legit wide receiver one. Um, in that offense, but A.D. Mitchell coming over from Georgia is in a way better spot to catch a ton of balls and be a prime red zone target, a feature in that offense. Like Whittington's coming back yet again um, to play the slot for Texas. But then you've got Nair, who missed all of last year with an injury. Um, famously, at least on this podcast, where Doug drafted him and then saw the news at the, right after the draft was over. Out for <laughs> <you>. <laughs> um, 
And then one of the top <laughs> freshmen, <laughs> one of the top <laughs> freshmen in the country, Jonte Cook. Um, and then another one, DeAndre Moore, another great freshman. So that one is going to be uh, puzzling to see how that, uh, you know, week in, week out, is, is, is it consistent in terms of targets or will there be an A.D. Mitchell game and then a Whittington game, then a Nair game? Um, that one is going to be interesting to watch. I think you have a very, very similar situation and uh, probably even harder than Texas for me was USC. Yeah. Um, Good point. <clears throat> with Dorian Singer, Mario Williams, Taj Washington, Brendan Rice, and then the incoming freshman, Zachariah Branch. Like, who the heck is going to catch the ball there? <laughs> you know, right. obviously all of them can catch the ball. But who's going to be the guy that gets, you know, over, let's just say with those five guys, over 50 targets or over 50 receptions this year? I feel like if, you know, you kind of want all five receivers on the field at the same time. It's uh, one of those that, you know, we don't have a USC wide receiver in the top 15. I would bet that there would be one that finishes in the top 15, though. Like, uh, it's just going to be hard to pinpoint. And then that's something you've got to weigh in the draft, like, uh, it's like a risk reward scenario of, we don't really know who's going to take off, but if you've got a pick there, Mario Williams or, or someone like that could blow up, could have a big year. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, also any number of those guys, like you mentioned, could have a big year. Um, but yeah, anyways, these, these are all up on the site under draft prep draft central, um, you can check out the tight ends there soon this weekend. You'll have kickers and defenses and uh, the cheat sheet. And then we will move along to the other two types of rankings. So one is a is a keeper league rankings, um, which is basically, you know, you might have a league that holds over three players or eight players or 10 players um, from year to year. So it will just slightly favor younger players um, in reality. And maybe that's one we could just do away with, um, honestly. And then um, Dynasty, this is for the the college to pro format. This is heavily weighing NFL potential. Um, And these won't be as deep as the other rankings, but um, this will be our, our... Debbie rankings that change all the time, etc. And uh, yeah, it's it's fun to go through. Um, like Matt said, 51 days till our draft, so plenty of time left to prepare and get ready for the the 2023. You think you think there's plenty of time? Yeah, and as uh as uh this off season comes to a close, we're only like we said, we're only talking 51 days till our draft, but we know some of you guys are going to be drafting earlier than that. Um, we're going to start wrapping up doing some of these uh, overall discussions and we'll get back into uh, into the weekly format where we um, are talking about, you know, I guess after the week zero games, we'll be talking about, you know, the uh, the highs and lows of, of uh, the week zero performances. We'll be bringing back the milk carton. We'll be bringing yes. back the, <laughs> the brisket lock, all those fun things. Uh, we'll be adding in some new stuff as well. So, um, now is the time. Get yourself up onto CFBDynasty.com. Get yourself an account there so you can be up to date with all the information that only those people that are uh, 
that are paying subscribers to the site are going to be able to get their hands on. And uh, make sure you're up on the Discord. As you heard earlier in the podcast, BMAC and Doug went up to the Discord. We're asking questions of the uh, the Discord followers up there. We want your information as well. With 133 schools out there in college football, uh, the likelihood that we are going to be able, as the CFBDynasty.com team, to be able to get all the, the deep, detailed information um, on our own is going to be very unlikely. We're going to need you guys to be part of the community that's going to be able to help us to get the most up-to-date information that we possibly can and get it on the site for you. And if we use some information that uh, that you give us, we'll make sure we get you a shout-out on the show as well. 100%. 100%. All right, guys. So that is a, that's the show for this week. Uh, hopefully, by the time we record again, we get to get another update on the uh, the BMAC and Doug golf beatdown that you guys have set up. Uh, I know right now we're at a BMAC is currently undefeated in uh, in pieces for this contest. Doug is trying to salvage. Um, Doug, why don't you tell us really quick where are you at now? So right now you owe him tickets to the game and, and a Motel 6 parking lot stay. Correct. Yep. Um, and, and what are the other things that are up for grabs in these other pieces? So we added uh, two more. Um, and one of them is gas to get there. And the other one is the food while we're there. So my plan is if I lose this next one, which is, you know, the gas to at least come away with number four, because I will make sure that Brian and I break off even with what he feeds me while we're gone. You're going to so. make sure you, you're going to order like three, <laughs> three T-bone steaks, huh? Correct. <laughs> so I will make sure that we break off even in some sort of way, but, um, no, regardless, man, it's going to be a really fun trip. I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully I can squeak out one of these wins um, and see what happens. But if I don't, then, you know, it's going to be fun regardless. It'll be great. If you don't, you need to ask your boss for a raise and see if he can help you cover some of these costs and kind of go from there. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully based off last time we played just for fun, maybe I got in Brian's head a little bit. So. Just like you want to be doing when times comes time for the draft, getting his head a little bit. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's our show for today. We thank you so much for uh, coming out today and, and listening to this show. And we hope you guys will become a part of the community. My name is Matt Knowles on behalf of Doug Gravely and BMAC. We're so glad you came out to the CFBDynasty.com podcast. See ya. See you guys. <laughs>